Bridging Ideas, where we discuss a variety of topics with industry experts on the what, how, and why of engineering. This is a BFW Markham podcast. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. I'm joined today by Megan Mansfield, an engineer in our civil department. Megan, thank you for being with us today. Why don't we get started uh, a little bit with your background? You're relatively new to BFW Markham, but you're not new in engineering. Uh, So let's just walk through your background in engineering a little bit. Sure. I started out in design at HDR doing gene technical engineering work. So I spent about six years doing deep foundation design with uh, seismic consideration, a lot of seismic mitigation response to earthquakes and in problem areas. So did that, uh, got my PE in 2016, and then I went to the city of Paducah to help in the city engineering department as a project manager. Uh, did a lot of government work there. And then right before here, I went to Four Rivers Nuclear Partnership at the gaseous diffusion plant and stepped into the nuclear world for a little minute. And that was fun and got some federal experience. So starting out in college, I was on the transportation cabinet for KYTC. So my goal was kind of to work in all three government areas uh, before I went back to private. So check that off the list and then became interested in going back into the consultant world. Awesome. And here well, I am. That's, a, that's excellent. Sounds like you have a well-rounded uh, work history. So I think that definitely brings a, a lot of uh, positives to our company for sure. You are a female in engineering. And uh, for those of you that don't know, generally speaking, it is a male-dominated profession, not for any other reason that I can think of, than it's just historically that's been it. You know, STEM programs are becoming more and more um, important in schools, and, and females are getting more introduced more into engineering. So talk to us a little bit about what it's like being a female in engineering. Got it. So... I spend a lot of time in the community talking uh, to STEM events. I'm very passionate about getting girls and women across the board involved in this industry. I think we're really good at it. Uh, Very detail-oriented brain types. So as you know, engineering can't have enough of that. So I became involved through my grandfather. My grandfather was city engineer um, and all things engineering. I wanted to be an architect at the age of seven. He told me I drew straight lines whenever I was drawing a house that is yeah. Uh, kitchen table one day. So I uh, wanted to be an architect. Once he found that out, he slowly recruited me on the engineering side. So I guess I was a little bit immune to the woman male uh, dominated industry because it's just what I was going into at an early age. Uh, but once I got to college, I started to realize there's three of me versus 20 yeah. uh, men. Yeah. And You know, that comes with its uh, nuances for sure, but I enjoy it. Um, I have two older brothers, so I felt like I was pretty well ready uh, (laughs) to take (laughs) Trained up right for taking on that. Um, I think it keeps things interesting and has its own uh, benefits for sure. So I I definitely think it's different. Um, I think we as women put a lot of pressure on ourselves that maybe uh, the men around us don't realize, uh, especially as we balance work life and if we choose to have children uh, family that type of thing uh, we're always in multiple directions Um, our brains are constantly spinning whether it's at work or trying to coordinate school I think it's just important to realize that we really do have a lot on our plate and um, I think it's also important for the next generation to see what we're doing and see the importance I grew up in a household where my mom was working two jobs at some time And I was exposed to what it's like for the woman in the family to work day in and day out tirelessly. So 
I wanted my children to be involved with that as well. My daughter, Emery, is six, and we started out teaching her about engineering because she was at daycare one day, and they asked her what her mom does, and she says she does hair, and she does paperwork. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think if you looked at her hair, you know I don't do hair. (laughs) So um, after that, I put her in the car immediately. We drove down um, all over Paducah looking at roads, bridges, and everything, and I said, this is what Mommy does. Mommy designs this. Um, and she was really interested in it all, um, and she still asked me questions to the day. Do you actually build that? Do you do you yeah. get out there and build that? Well, no. No, I don't. But we have a lot of conversations, and you know, now she says she wants to be an engineer. She's done that for three years in a row. We've dressed up like an engineer. I've taken her out to city projects, and I just believe that if I'm going to be here uh, dedicating so much time in my life to my profession that my kids and my family have to be a part of it in order for me to feel full circle. And so... Um, it's not unusual to see her running these hallways already. And I just, I think it's great to be able to provide an opportunity for them to learn and be exposed at such an early age. I think that's an excellent uh, thing that you're doing there. And, and actually, it reminded me of kind of our culture here uh, at BFW. And when I talk to people, I talk about engineering firms, if you stack them up five in a row you're going to find an engineer is going to be highly trained, knowledgeable. They're going to be able to do, for the most part, they will complete a project very similarly uh, just because that's the nature of engineering. But I think what I tell people a difference maker here is that BFW offers a, a culture along with that. And so we carry that culture into the community and into our clients. And, and I think your story of, you know, taking your daughter around and, and exposing her to this is, is a really neat tie-in to the culture that we try to provide here so that we can engage those future engineers. And so it's a really neat story. Let's talk about a little bit about the day in the life of an engineer for you. So maybe touch on the variety of things that you interact with during a day. I'm a people person. I love the client side of engineering, uh, probably more so than a lot of other engineers. I like the design side as well, but if I'm not talking to people uh, throughout my day, then you're going to see me talking to a wall. So (laughs) I, I love the clients and the relationship side, and I think that it's there. So my day is usually spent quickly as I've come on to BFW managing a lot of projects. I have proposals. I I love to work on proposals and chase work. I think that that is a creative outlet for engineers to be able to put some things together and speak technically about their ideas um, on a big picture level. So those proposals also help me whenever we win the work because I know it very well from the start of it. And so I, I like to jump in and be very involved with that process because it's helping me manage it later. I do a lot of that hybrid approach where I'm working on proposals probably anywhere from two to three hours a day, if we're heavy on those, to managing projects as well. I've got several build-ready sites, development-type projects that are on my desk in the water resources area for our water clients. I'm also working on pavement management, which is a new program we've brought here from where I was at the city. It's uh, using the software of Paver, and we're launching that. We've got two clients right now uh, probably working on two more to where we are going to manage their pavement inventory. Walk us through that a little bit. I find, I find that very interesting. You know, when you first talked about it in a meeting that we were in together and you were talking about Paver, I thought, I, when, when do we start installing Paver stones? <laughs> and so, you know, being yes. the marketing guy, of course, I'm going to think of that and not think right. of an engineering thing. Right. So talk to us a little bit about that because I know that's new for us. 
Yes. So whenever I was at the city of Paducah, the city has hundreds of miles of roads to maintain. One thing that we saw as an issue was that getting our eyes out there in order to appropriately select streets for rehabilitation, you tended to go where the most calls came in, that type of thing, even if you were trying to remain as unbiased as possible. You just, to be able to drive every single street and make those decisions is difficult. So we launched Paver there, um, which is a software maintained by Colorado State University. And it's a software that allows you to model using GIS um, your pavement inventory. So whether that's roads, parking lots, whatever, whatever it may be, you can model that in GIS, push it into Paver, and then you can go out and do what's called the pavement condition index rating, which is a rating system of zero to 100, looking at about 22 distress types so alligator cracking, uh, deflections, that type of thing, to where we can start looking at the pavement on a very detailed level and determining if localized repair may be the solution, even if it's a what may look to you and everybody else, good pavement, no potholes, no calls. It's a good planning tool for our clients at BFW and beyond that because it allows you to plan ahead for your yearly paving cycles, optimize the dollars that are becoming increasingly tighter, and be able to hopefully maintain a pretty good system to where you're performing a combination of localized repairs on your better or good streets and you're still going to be performing rehabilitation on those poor streets to get them up to standard. It's just, it's an inventory system. It does some cost modeling and it really helps eliminate the time and optimize your budget. Great. And of course, you know, having worked for the city, you know, and of course it's even into private enterprise as well. Like you said, dollars are limited. Mm -hmm. So we're providing a service that allows you to focus the dollars in the right place. Right. So you've been here for a short time. And of course, we've worked with you in the past in, in your role in the city. So tell us a little bit about your view on BFW Markham as, as its culture, the value that we bring to a client, just from your perspective. Because, you know, I'm my job as marketing and PR is to deliver that message all the time. Mm-hmm. So, but a lot of times I like to hear from our engineers and get their take on it, because I feel like it provides even more substance when an engineer is, is talking about it. So I've had the privilege of working with many engineering firms uh, throughout internships, and then recently those government roles, obviously there's a lot of work that gets distributed. What I've always thought was unique about BFW was the creativity that is allowed, the flexibility um, that a lot of the PMs and the engineers are able to, they just seem laid back about a project and from my experience being on the owner side that was a huge advantage a huge breath of fresh air for me because I didn't have to worry about what's going to happen if we make this turn this shift to the whole project they BFW's approach from the outside looking in was always hey we're going to take care of you just trust us we're going to work out details and figure it out for you being in that role you don't have a lot of time. So I, I've always liked that about BFW. I had that trust factor going in. I think that where I see a major unique trait with BFW is that there's three owners and they are still here every day. I think that that is something that I really appreciate because I can see uh, where it all started and I can see where it's going. And I think it's got a lot of opportunity ahead. And I just feel like every single person here is known on a very individual basis um, and we reflect that with our clients because we know them on an individual basis as results kind of what we're taught and that's what we give out i learned that 
again, from my role on the outside looking in, I saw it. And then whenever I got here, what I didn't know is how validated that would be and seeing where it comes from. That's very well said. Well, Megan, thank you for joining us today. And we're glad to have you here. And we want to thank you all for listening. And we hope that you will join us on our next podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Bridging Ideas. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We greatly appreciate that effort. This has been a BFW Markham podcast.